This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater, in the theater of life. Yay! As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. I want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a fantastic guest here. Uh, Dan, you're coming back again. Dan Wilson. It was episode 42. It was November 2017 when you were on, and now you're back. And you're bringing on your, uh, your co-guest, uh, Diana, but I don't know your last name. Brown. Just Diana like Brown. <laughs> right on. And you guys are doing Ben's Watch. How are you guys doing? We are delighted to be here, I can say. And I, yeah. I shouldn't speak for you, Dan, but I just did. But you will. You know, it's okay. <laughs> I expect that. And you, you have know, to say more about what Binge Watch is. Sure. Yeah, just throw um, that out there. So Binge Watch is an improv duo, myself and Diana Brown, uh, which we've been doing now for six years. And now we are six. And now we are six. Damn. Um, so it's literally just the two of us on stage for our entire show, which depending on the venue or the festival or whatever is between... 25 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And we ask the audience what shows they're currently binge watching. It's not just a clever name. Wow. And you guys do an improv based on that? Right. So we ask you, for instance, we might say, so what are you binge watching? And you would tell us. I would say um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> wow. We're getting a lot of that because they're back, right? We are they back? Yeah. I forgot the new title. House of, of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. Yeah. Mm. So we'll get... We'll get that many times, but what makes it different is what you love about it. Interesting. That's fair. Now, it's interesting because when we were on in 2017, that was that was six years ago. So yeah. after Civil War Christmas, it sounds like you almost immediately got into binge watch. Pretty much. Pretty much. But the thing also, as well as the thing that you love, and we'll focus on trying to bring those aspects out of the improv, we'll then ask, we'll ask Norman, what are you binge watching? And we'll take a show. Atlanta. 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 So Atlanta then, and Reservation Dogs, which is a bizarre combination. Well, an even more bizarre combination is taking Atlanta, meshing it with Game of Thrones, right. and telling a story about life in um, a southern urban city that is full of dragons and political intrigue, <laughs> magic and murder, mm. as well as lots of nudity, most likely. That sounds like Atlanta minus the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> we we did a show that we did Game of Thrones back in the day, meshed together with Mad Men, and we realized Ooh, partway wow. through that they're actually they're the same similar. show. <laughs> it's the same show. It's just dragons versus scotch. Otherwise, it's sure. pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. and the throne is the big leather chair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imperialism. Yeah. And, hey, but boy, you have to be way right on your feet. I mean, to, and you have to sort of know. I mean, you have to sort of binge watch and know all of the characters. Like you know, you would think, and yet. We, we like the shows where we don't know them very well or at all. I bet. Um, we've frequently done shows. Like the, the last show that we did for the SF Fringe Festival was the show Severance, which neither of us have seen. Nope. We just know the basic concept that when you're at work, you don't remember your day life. And when oh, you're in right, your day life, right. you don't remember your My work life. watching that one. And we merged Does that. Does she remember you? <laughs> we, we, when, when we're together, Yeah. <laughs> We merged that with the Vampire Diaries, which Ooh. I've never seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So just getting like a quick elevator pitch from the audience. Okay, uh-huh. what do you mm-hmm. love about it? Like, what is the show? Like, what what makes the show the show? Oh, they'll tell you. Yeah, and they'll tell us like, oh, it's about it's a high school and it's the vampires and there's a couple of things about these two characters that were really interesting. I'm like, okay, great. So when we don't know what we're doing, it's almost better because we're really free to just 
paint with all the colors of the wind. And to be fair, we were nervous about that initially. We were like, yeah. will we ever be able to watch everything? Mm. But people would come up to us after shows that we had done where we knew nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And they would say, you nailed it. Like when we did Chernobyl meets 90 Day Fiance. Wow. I would love that concept. <laughs> I mean, it sounds, it sounds hilarious. I mean, something so serious right. and, and gripping as uh, Chernobyl and 90 Day Fiance. This is like, uh, this is one of these reality yes. series. Where, Which yeah. I had never heard of up to that. I mean, I knew Chernobyl because I lived in the 80s. Right. Sure. But yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just. So that'll, yeah. you know, I'm not being very articulate. No, 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 it's fine. No. And we'll get more into that. Norman, uh, as I begin all of our podcast, how was your week? This has been a rollicking week. I think I said that last week. Uh-huh. This has been, no. Um, so yesterday, just going backwards, um, tonight is the closing of, compared to what, the show that I directed at Masker's Playhouse up mm-hmm. in Point Richmond. Um, and I got lots of feelings about that, but you know, uh, hanging with the cast has been a joy. Yeah, there's a little karaoke spot right up the road there, and nice. that's been a joy. But I didn't go to the show last night because I was asked to MC a memorial for someone I don't you know. Told me this. Okay, oh. say more. <laughs> no, no, it was insane. Um, my friend. You don't even know gets, the guy who died, right? It was a woman, and I don't know her. She's the best friend of my high school alum's new wife. They've been married like five years now, but still. I'm like, uh, okay, and what do you want me to do? <laughs> no, just sort of facilitate and yeah. speak. Yeah. So I did, and you know, I'm at a memorial, so I said, I'm up front, I do not know this woman, but you all do, and I'm here to allow f- space for you to share what you, you know, what you, you what you know, and there are probably stories that you don't know. And I talked about my youngest brother died like 20, 30 years ago, 20-something years ago. And when we went to the memorial, it was kind of weird because we didn't have much to do with him as an adult. But there was this whole community of people that showed up, and they kept thanking us for him. And we're like, uh, look around the room. Look at all the photographs you see. All the adult photographs of him with you are smiling. Big, warm smile. All the family photos where we managed to even get him to anything... This sort of no smile or forced smile. Wow. It's like you guys gave him a life that he loved. I bet there are stories like that. So they fell in love with that. I wow. ended up talking to the son, you know, and these are not young people. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up dancing because the woman loved dancing. So I do all this stuff and then I run off to see my cast. Hey, cast. <laughs> wow. um, and part of it is that death has just been circling me right now. Um, our cat is not doing well. Oh, no. My stepfather is not doing well. Oh, no. <laughs> there was some other death. I can't even remember what it was. I'm just like, oh, this is Death Week. Sure, I'll come. I'll come and talk. That's yeah. a hell of a gig, though. Anybody I mean, from out of town? <laughs> Did you fly in? <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to do? So I, I oh, did a God. little bit, and I danced a little bit, and they all were like, you were so wonderful. You were oh. so lovely. Huh. <laughs> so it's just been, it's been that week. Oh, and I went to San Quentin. Oh, yes. Um, I just picked up a gig doing Wednesday mornings at San Quentin. This mm-hmm. is our fourth week. We've only managed to be in with the guys one week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this week, there was an incident, and everything was locked down. Oh. oh. The first two weeks, COVID. 
they were locked down. Mm. So oh, we've been oh, that in was one the week. incident. Okay, that's not bad. I'm thinking somebody tried to escape or, you know. No, no, no. The, this week it was some altercation or somebody did something they weren't supposed to do. Okay. And so the whole place, the whole place was locked down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those first two weeks, it was just the units that we would work with that yeah. were locked down. And we're like, well, if half the guys can't be here, if we start the program, it's going to be a little tricky. Have you ever done anything like that, Dan? A gig like at, I know there's some theater groups that work in prison facilities and things like that. Yeah. Like I each one, each one is a juvenile facility thing, or at least it was. Yeah, I mean, I've not done that. An old friend of mine, Soraya Keating, ran a Shakespeare program at San Quentin for a long time. Oh, I don't know through, if she's still uh, doing Shakespeare? it. Probably. I, I mean, probably. I think I, they're the producers. Yeah, we haven't talked with her for a few years, but mm -hmm. I mean, she would speak frequently about you never know when you go if you're going to actually have if you the session in. or not, right. because <clears throat> anything's possible. Sure. Oh, every little thing. You can't carry anything in. You, your ID, and then they take it from you and give you a card and, and a little lanyard. And you have to have that visible the whole time. It's like, mm -hmm. this, is, I'm, this is my lifeline. I will kill people <laughs> to hold on to this because I'm leaving here. <laughs> yeah, you don't want me to mistake them as a prisoner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, there have been some uh, current events. I think now, one thing, because we didn't, there was a part, there was a time where we had not met because you were busy doing um, Back to the Way Things Were. Right. So, there was a current event that I wanted to talk to you about because I wanted to get your opinion and, mm. and your opinions as well. Prostitutes are wanting to be part of, uh, not SAG Afro, but, a, but a equity. I didn't know what you thought about that. Did you hear? I that? hadn't oh. heard that one. I had not heard of this. I have yeah, not heard apparently that, this is only in Vegas because in Vegas, I guess they, uh, I don't know, they're well, not they're getting legal. enough. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I guess they they want to be unionized and they want equity pay and they want the equity benefits. Um, should strippers be a part of part of actors' equity? I think they should be so unionized. You get to ask them. Sure. What's your motivation? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I mean well, I guess the okay, question is, I you're hard. Clarify. I've achieved yeah. my objective. I need to clarify. <laughs> strippers or, or working girls? Right. You said well, prostitutes. Uh, well, well, no, I've been strippers. Oh, okay. strippers. That's yeah. different. No, they, yeah, they can be a yeah. They, yeah. I would think they would be part of the variety actors guild. Like, is, that, is that what dance is under generally? Well, variety is like magicians and like oh, club right. acts. Got you. Right, so that seems but to but be I guess like I would ask like if you're if you're let's say if you're dancing on Broadway and if you're a dancer would you be under equity or would you be under under variety? I think there's a choreographers guild, but I am not. Choreographers positive. guild would make but a I lot of sense. Variety. What is variety? Is variety a? So they're called it's AGVA, the Association of Variety Artists oh, Guild. Oh, I've heard of AGVA. Okay, yeah. 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 One, well, I thought it may have been merged with SAG-AFTRA because I know the SAG-AFTRA. It may but, have. Yeah. But I think SAG-AFTRA is more about film and television, right? That's it is. my understanding. It's about screen. Although yeah. if Variety got merged under, that would make sense. Yeah. So I could see – I mean, I can definitely see why if you don't have a union, you want to attach to an existing union versus creating one Absolutely. of your own. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. And I and think that's the sort hard. of – Yeah, the consensus of it. And so, yeah, so I thought that was fascinating. And I thought some actors may be a little offended. Like, wait a minute. You know, I'm, I'm not being compared to a stripper now. Not at all. <laughs> well, Stripper, like, I I, like I said, stripper's different. Prostitute, I, I'm yeah. yeah, I'm sure if there's some acting involved. But, oh, there's a lot of no. acting involved. Um, <laughs> well, and the, like the dancing skill that, like, yeah. to really work on a pole, you need to be <laughs> skilled yeah. and gifted and right. core strength. So sure, give them. 
Sign them up. Yeah. Sure. And I guess the protection of, I don't know, being touched and you don't want to be touched. And yeah. uh, I guess and whatever they put coaching. in your thong is not enough. So, you know, you want to get paid and all that sort of stuff. Well, so. the thing is, is women who work in clubs um, have no protections. They are routinely abused yes. and manipulated and cheated by management. Absolutely. Yes. Right. So they desperately need some kind of heft behind them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know. As an actor, I would be honored to be compared to a stripper. A, they work really hard. <laughs> They're really good at what they yes. do. Well, and I would love to one. look as good. I have I played one. Um, but you it was... do the Chippendales. It, it, do it the, was uh, for comedy. But yeah. 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 <laughs> what was that? What was the... Um, oh, it was the Irish uh, guy who wrote um, where they strip... Uh, the Full oh, Monty. The Full yeah, Monty. The full Monty. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, I think about the Full Monty. But also, I would wonder if I'm a stripper and I have to pay the equity dues, because that's something that you complain a lot about, uh, Norman, having to pay the equity dues, and whether you're working or not. Well, no, you, you, well, yeah, there is both, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a different. It, that has nothing to do with the performer. That's right. That's the union. <laughs> that's exactly. Also, um, this happened this week. Death of a Salesman gets its first black. Linda Lohman. I heard about this. That's yeah. not true. Yeah. And she's what are they talking about? Yeah. Oh, on Broadway, maybe. On Broadway, yes. Yeah. Oh, so there, there has because been a black Because Dawn Troop. Yeah. Dawn Troop did it here in Oakland. Yeah. I did. I was in the show. She was She was black. Well, Norman, of course, you know that in the theater world, if you're not in New York, you don't actually exist. <laughs> I, I have noticed. Yeah. I, um, I think you so crossed those bridges and the world Willie Loman was black? No, Willie Lohman uh-huh. was white. Okay. But his wife, Linda, oh, was nice. black. Okay. Ah, she's playing the wife. Okay, I thought they were doing gender bending thing, but okay. No, Linda is the wife. Got it, I understand. Okay, so yeah, so that's that's a big thing, or at least Washington Post says it's a big thing. <laughs> so, and I thought I had one other thing. Ohio man, I'll try to put these funny things in. Ohio man falsely claimed to be a Ghanaian prince, convicted of fraud. Apparently he made a way with at least a couple of a million dollars just defrauding some folks (laughs) who thought he was a Ghanaian prince. Mm -hmm. This is right out of, uh, this. didn't Erdie Erdie Murphy do a a film on that? Coming to America. (laughs) So it still works. It actually works. That's amazing. I mean, Nigerian prince has been like synonymous with online scamming since the mid-90s. How are folks still Still falling? falling. (laughs) Yeah, say more about this. Like, was he... Like meeting people in fabulous attire and what these stories keep happening though, which makes you think, wow, the rich really aren't smarter than us because they get taken in these incredible schemes. Well, this are the rich true. the ones being taken, or a whole bunch of poor people? Is yeah, part that's, of it. that's why I want them to say. I know more. that the accrued amount is this much, but like, how many people did they have to scam to no, get that right. money? Hold on, I'm going to find it right now because I think I. Uh... Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's skimming the one percent, you know. Fine. Yes, that's, that's fine okay, according me. to CNN, an Ohio man who pretended to be a Ghanaian prince conned at least 14 people. Okay. I said it was over a million. Actually, it's 800,000. Close. Close enough. Very close. Obasever was convicted by a federal jury of fraud. This happened yesterday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Daryl Robert Harrison, who went by Prince Daryl Atipo <laughs> and Prophet Daryl. Prophet. Af- I'm sorry. Here. Did you say Prince Daryl? Daryl. Yes. That alone. <laughs> that alone should be, you know. <laughs> that should have been a <laughs> that, warning, that, that, yeah. That's not going to work. Anyway, he was convicted of mail and wild wire fraud, conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud, and witness tampering. He faces up to 20 years in prison when he is sentenced. 
uh, him and his stepfather. Okay, so it's a family thing. Oh, dear. Family mm-hmm. that <laughs> steals together. That's right. Mm-hmm. Stays, Stays together. In, in prison together, yes. <laughs> Who is still awaiting trial, his stepfather, claimed they were ministers with Power House of Prayer and Ministries, a group that financially supports religious services of various <sighs> churches, facilities, and private residences. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's what the scam was. Yeah. He was, uh, oh, I represent a Ghanaian prince. We have a church in Ghana. Don't you want to feed the kids? Give me some yeah. money. And can't you be a sponsor and all that stuff? So sad. Wow. 14 slick. folks. It sounds According slick. to the DOJ, he told investors they could expect to receive a, th- a return. Oh, okay. So he's Now, wait a minute. A so profit. that isn't charity now. That's <laughs> now we're getting to money. it. 33% of investments in their companies. According to prosecutors, he and his stepfather used the money for, per- oh, of course they did, for personal expenses, including renting a house in Colorado and purchasing luxury cars. Well, of course, if you're going to be a Ghanaian prince, you have to look the part. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it still happens. I don't know, you know, yeah, I think you're right. People ought to be smart enough to figure this stuff out, but, you know. But now that you, you clarified that they were making an investment, <laughs> yeah. right. so they were yeah. a avarice involved. Right, exactly. So I mean, it wasn't it, out of their good nature, but a little bit of greed goes a long way. Tad. Well, oh, you my know, goodness. Part of my day job is I, I do data security training at my office. Yeah. And I'm just recently updating all my training videos. And we talk about, like, all right, this is the technique they use. They're either yeah. going to frighten you. Don't click on that or, link, email link. Right. It's either like, oh, no, if you don't do this right now, you're going to lose all your stuff. So they try to terrify you. Or they try to appeal to your greed. It's like, hey, mm. the special offer, special deal just for you. you got to click on it right now to get your special awesome right. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both of them flood us with hormones that give us bad judgment. Yeah, dopamine, I think that's what they yeah. had. Dopamine. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, it's a kind of fight or flight or grab or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it's either greed or fear because I've gotten emails like, let's say, oh, your PayPal you know, uh, account was hacked. You know, you need to go in right now. You can click on this link and it'll get you there. And of course it doesn't. And yeah, of course, it's a fake and all that stuff. Right. Somewhere it gets you entirely. somewhere, but not where you want to go. <laughs> right, exactly. It takes you to Prince Daryl is where it takes you. <laughs> I keep hearing about people messing with the people messing with them. So they'll get a text I like from that. somebody. I love this. So a friend of mine recently, I will not say their name, but they got a message from someone and they responded in the most clever and improvisational ways. Like, oh, I forgot you used to go by this name. Listen, I'm sorry about how we broke up, but you were the one. Don't go. Where are you? I'll meet you right now. And they were just like, block. Right. (laughs) Well, I'm amazed because, you know, I've had my phone. I I recently switched to Mint. I didn't recently. It's about a year ago. Mm. But in any case... I'll get these. Apparently, someone had my phone number before I did. It's huh. so I'll still get these messages. But also, I'm sure my phone number is being sold to other companies or whatever because I'll get these tech messages saying, Hi, how are you doing? I'm like, Who is this? Right. Isn't this Bill or Linda or something? You know, they, they oh, yeah. are like rolling the dice. You know, hopefully oh, wow. I can. <laughs> I got one recently and they're like, Hey, Allison, we're hoping you can come over. We just bought lamb. <laughs> What? Okay. Wow. I'm there. And those, I'm always like, is it just a wrong number or is it the beginning of a scam? Or like, that one feels like, I'd, I'd actually reply going like, you probably want to try that again. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> because she really will probably enjoy your lamb <laughs> if you can actually reach this person. Well, I think they're looking for lost, you know, like lonely souls. Or whatever. I think Bill. So. No, I'm not Bill. I'm Reg. Well, do you want to come over for lamb? Exactly. <laughs> Just be Allison. Why not? Yeah. You don't remember me? Of course I'm Allison. 
Right, yeah. exactly. It's, it's been a few years. <laughs> you owe me 50 bucks. Come right. on, fork it over. So um, we know all about you, Dan. Uh, born, in, born in Hayward, raised in Pleasant Hills. You have a three-year-old brother who uh, retired as a firefighter. I have a three-year-old I brother was say, who retired firefighter. brother. <laughs> that is well, one of three and a half years older, older, yes. yes. A three-year-old um, firefighter. I yeah. love that. Went to Westmont College. Studied divinity first, and then you had a under uh, you st- understudied for um, drama. Um, a minor, yeah. Minor. Uh, one of your uh, mentors was John Blondell. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't believe you found the notes. <laughs> uh, you went to Chicago. You headed up a puppetry theater. Uh, puppetry thing, and theater church. And you were writing theater. Uh, things. Um, you wrote a play, A Distant Country. Yep, in a distant the country. Of Luke. Yeah, took all the parables of Luke, mashed them together into a screwball comedy. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. You came back to the Bay in 95. You went back to theater in 97. You were part of a company, Stage One, in yeah. Fremont. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, Richard Side was a sort of teacher. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not allowed to put him on the resume because I took, like, workshops with him. But, like, unless you, like, signed up for, like, years of him every single week, you weren't allowed to put him on your resume. That's mm-hmm. funny. But I did work. I worked funny. with Richard Side. I worked, with, I worked a lot more with Jeffrey Burr over the years. Yeah. He's now hey, off in Jeffrey. New York. Yeah, Jeffrey's. A, I love Jeffrey oh so my much. God. And He's you worked with uh, Matt Quinn for a cafe. We both worked with Matt Quinn, who is yeah. now down in Los Angeles kind of running the fringe circuit down yeah. there. So many, well, so many of my favorite people I met because of Matt Quinn. I call it the six degrees of Matt Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that how you guys met? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we were both working for CAFE, Combined Art from Entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. I was directing and writing for the Fear Project, and Diana got involved with their brand new improv company. Tilted Frame. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right. So we were in the same building at the same time, but mm-hmm. we didn't really work with this fabulous human. No, I would occasionally mm-hmm. come into rehearsals. And Matt's like, come by any rehearsal that you want. And I'm like, I'm not going to go unless you invite me for a specific thing. But I came in, like, I invented the Angel Devil. You did, uh, format. which we loved. Yeah. Oh. The Angel Devil format. Tell me about that. Do you want to talk about this? Well, you invented it, so you get to talk about it. Well, we should probably say what, Kat, what, what Tilted Frame was doing, which was they were pioneers and innovators in yeah. multimedia live improv. Mm-hmm. Which I loved because I came from working with George Coates' performance works. Oh, nice. All about multimedia. Yeah. So the so they had they would have like a live video feed going on, and so you'd have performers on stage, and also you'd have the screens with live live video stuff. And so I came up with the idea of well, why don't you put two people off off stage, and one's the angel on the person's shoulder, and the other's the devil on their shoulder. Uh-huh. And so while this person's doing scene work, we would literally see the angel and devil kind of reacting and goading and trying to encourage behavior. Yeah. Um, and then it was a responsibility of whoever had them on their shoulder to react to that and the other performer is completely oblivious to oh. whatever's going on. Okay. So it's a yeah. fun game. It was yeah. fantastic. And fun improvisation. Well, let's get into another trip for you. Uh, Diana Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Tucson, Arizona at St. Wow. Mary's Hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did you get involved in theater? Th- did you, do you have siblings? Well, that's an interesting story. Um, So I was raised with my grandparents. Okay. So I grew up believing that my brothers were, well, my uncles were my brothers. Oh, interesting. And my mother was my sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the truth all came out when I was 12, I want to say. Yeah, 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yes and no. I hear you. No, I, I, to- I totally hear you. But I have a fabulous <coughs> gentleman that I consider my brother, John, and mm-hmm. he uh, and his family live in Ireland. 
Wow. wow, that is fantastic. Now, were you involved in theater? Did you do the high school musicals and things like that? Well, I did, although I'm not a great singer. I was in the high school musicals. But I started out doing theater in fourth grade. A gentleman, Scott Thompson, then Lester Thompson, was taking theater. And so he came back to the elementary school and said, we're going to have a theater program. And this was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And so we did, in sixth grade, we ended up doing... Um, Peter Pan. I would hope, yes. Yes. So Were we you did, Wendy? No, I was one of the lost boys. Yay! Slightly soiled, <clears throat> that's my name. Ah. <laughs> so I did that. I was actually I, Hook in college, so later on, it's on. All right. Yeah. Hey, that's right. right. you got to go toe-to-toe -to -toe now. We'll buckle the swash. You were sure talking all about objectives and the super objectives, and you were like, I need to kill Peter Pan and kill all the other lost I'll, boys. I'll, yeah, so, yeah, so um, do you have any weapons around? Just... Just, just his wit. <laughs> just, Not right now. Uh, okay. You could take uh, but, your glass. But, but I, I, I cut you off for a bit. Please continue. Oh, that's quite <laughs> all right. Um, I started studying theater in high school, absolutely, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided, oh, I want to go deeper. So I remember telling my parents, all I want for Christmas and my birthday forever is to study at the conservatory. So I studied at the mm -hmm. Arizona Theater Company. Right on. Uh, and Compass program. And yeah. then after that, I went into their adult program and studied the conservatory there. Nice. nice. Now, well, were you fo was your focus comedy, or did you do the serious stuff as well? Well, you know, when you start out, you want it's all Sturm and Drang, right? You want to do the drama. Right. Mm -hmm. But I did have a great affinity for um, Neil Simon. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I thought the comedy of Neil Simon, and I, I was so enamored with New York. Yeah. So, but then I got into William Ng, and I, you know, certainly Tennessee Williams, and and then I crossed over to the dark side and started doing sketch comedy. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> what brought you uh, here to the Bay? Well, it's back to my fabulous brother John. Mm -hmm. He um, he's retired now, but he was a chef, mm. and so I would come and visit him during the summer, mm -hmm. and. He was the member of the family that went out into the world and did exciting things and taught me about cuisine and French cuisine and gave me my first taste of Cabernet Sauvignon. And so mm. I would visit him in the summer. Nice. And I lo fell in love with San Francisco. So I moved here in 84. Oh, wow. wow. Me too. <laughs> ah, up high. 1984. Wow. That is so cool. Um, so let's talk about um, what you guys have been doing now because you guys have been all over the place. I mean, even... You know, since we did our podcast, I've seen postings on Facebook, you know, and, and also you guys have a, a YouTube channel. We do. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, every now and then we pump that. But what made you guys do the binge watch thing was the origin of binge watch. Well, I was doing long form improv. Um, mm -hmm. I teach with Leela in San Francisco and I, uh, I was th at the time as well. And a lot of folks were doing duos and I was like, I want to try that who would be a good duo partner? So I started thinking, okay, well, what do I like to do? I like to play characters. I like genre. Dan Wilson. And we had worked together in Radio Star and loved to get on the mic with this man. So mm. I reached out and I said, hey, I want to do an improv duo. Would you be willing to jump into the rehearsal yes. room? Mm. And see what we could do. And we were wondering, can we go for half an hour? Let's find out. And we got in there, and I'll let Dan pick it up from here. Yeah, so we did, at this point, we weren't doing... We didn't know. We didn't even have a name yet, let alone a format. And so we decided to go ahead and uh, just do a rehearsal session. And we were just gonna. We decided like, let's do um, a cop show. <laughs> and we just started doing a cop show together. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, playing all the various characters and working through the plot. And it was a coherent plot. And 
all that we finished, we're like, wow, that was really good. Oh, wow, that was like 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, wow. we can definitely pull off a 25-minute set, no problem. Yeah. Uh, we can easily fill that time, just nice. the two of us. Yeah. Right. So we thought, okay, well, we will ask the audience, like, you know, what genre of TV show do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And the first show we did that, and the audience response was, The Americans, which is not a genre. <laughs> <laughs> it was a specific show, right? A specific show, yeah. 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 So we did that, and the second show, people were screaming so many options at us. Wow. That we, we... We got Breaking Bad, British, science fiction, comedy. Okay, British, science fiction, comedy, Red Dwarf. Okay. Yep. And oh, then, nice. Uh, well, and Breaking Bad. So and we, Breaking Bad. So we put those together with a little bit of... There was like a little something somebody else had thrown in. I can't even remember what oh, it was. Oh, I don't know. I know those were the big ones. Though, but was that's basically when Red we Dwarf. realized, oh, this is what we're going to do. This we're going to take two mm-hmm. different shows. Yeah. Very yeah. disparate shows and mm-hmm. mash them together. We literally had the audience tell us what they wanted to see. Yeah. Right. And they were like... Genre, no, no. We want to see you do my favorite show. We, we want to see this. <laughs> yep. Right. It's so fun when you tap into a market that is sort of, I mean, I, you know, there is always improvisational comedy, but it's sort of an untapped thing where you can just walk on stage and say, hey, we don't know what we're going to do. You're going to tell us what to do. So right. tell us. Exactly. <laughs> and the audience picks it up. I mean, was it a surprise when you got the response that you got, like 15 20 people yelling, hey, do this, do that, do this, do that. It was joy. And then the thing that came out of that was like, okay, so what you love about it? And somebody would start to tell us about a moment and somebody else would stand up and say, remember this? And those two people Mm -hmm. would Mm -hmm. have this shared moment, even though they didn't share it in real time. Sure. They had this shared history. Yeah. that's magic. Do people come on stage? Do they participate? Mm. They do not. Although no. when we were in San Diego at the end of our set, they were coming on stage to high five us, and that yes, was that was brand amazing. Oh, oh, new. Very nice. That very was nice. amazing. We were like, <laughs> what is happening in such a beautiful way? Yeah. So how is how does the business of it work out? I mean, as actors, you know, you love the improvisational stuff, but like getting the word out, going to other venues, actually going out of state. I mean, how did you guys work that that aspect out? Dan, do you want to take this or do you want me to? Why don't you take this? Because I feel like you're instrumental in actually getting us gigs. Oh, well, thank you. Um, So there's a festival circuit, if you will, and Mm -hmm. there's a website called uh, the Improv Network. Yay, Improv Network. Support the Improv Network, please. Um, You can donate, actually, so do so. They are a clearinghouse of information. as an improviser, you can have a profile on there. Sure. As a troupe, you can have a profile oh, on there. Nice. Festivals have profiles mm-hmm. on there. And so when festivals are taking submissions, then you can go there and you, your information's already loaded up and you can just instant submit and they have your name and your bio and link to your video and your theme mm-hmm. music. Dan wrote our theme music, so that's there. I didn't, know you were, I didn't know you were a writer, oh. songwriter. Um, I wouldn't say I am. I'm say I'm pretty proficient with GarageBand. <laughs> there you go. I, I can make cool things happen with loops. He that, that can. Cool. He cool. did. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. He created something that has this perfect moment where uh, you know when the lights need to come up. So we start in darkness. You hear our music, and there's this moment where the lights bump to full, uh-huh. and it's just exciting, right? It's exciting when mm-hmm. that moment happens, and we've had folks say. From the moment you walk on stage, we know we're in good hands mm-hmm. because we, we, will, we have the music, we have the lights, we are in full suits, like we are sharply dressed, mm-hmm. and we come on stage with an attitude of not like, hey, we're going to do a show for you right now, but it's more like, 
I'm not going to yell because I'm going to blow up the microphone, but it's, it's very much Hello Cincinnati. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, you know, like a rock show or something like that. No, we, can we kind of come on like rock stars? <laughs> I'm, I'm a big believer that the first 30 seconds of your show tells the audience what they're going to experience. Right. Yeah. And if you come on like Grab a badass, out. then they know like this is going to be a good time. Yeah. Right. You come on like a bunch of college freshmen who aren't sure what they're doing yet and the audience is going to like oh, oh god what's 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 going to happen next right yeah and you know improv Gotta has such uh, i mean let's just be candid improv has some reputation out there so we want to put them at ease when we come on and we're not saying our approach is the only one no, sure. no, no, but no, it's no, what no. works for us right 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 yeah yeah I mean, no one does what we do and we don't do what anybody else does and that's no. the fun thing is a, a lot of folks i think mm-hmm. when they think of improv if they're not part of the art form they think of whose line and right. there's nothing wrong with that short form. there's nothing wrong with that I short form. It. can be great. But they think that's it. They right. think that's the entirety of it. True. Yep. And then they see what we do, which is a lot more like we're basically improvising plays or improvising. Because sure. our shows are often very dramatic as yeah. well as very comedic. Oh, interesting. It's not always funny. Oh, no. It's not always funny. And folks are kind of like, I didn't <laughs> know you could do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that is cool. Now, are you surprised that it's lasted as long as it is, six years? No. Not really, no. I mean, we, no. We, we were friends, and we'd worked together for years before this. Um, People enjoy watching us interact with each other. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have, as I, the two of that. you do, yes, chemistry. <laughs> yeah. The two of you have a fabulous chemistry. I, I, the minute you started communicating with mm-hmm. each other, I picked it up, and I got on the wavelength of their vibe. Mm-hmm. People enjoy watching us on stage together. Yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can totally get that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and you can totally, and it's a rare thing because there are not so many people, I can speak for myself, there are not a lot of people that I can spend a lot of time with, especially a project, mm. over and over and over. I mean, if it weren't you, Norman, I don't think the yay would be done <laughs> because I wasn't going to do it just on my own. Mm-hmm. And there are not a lot of other folks who, you know, folks, people can p- piss you off, can irritate you, you know, and little things get mm-hmm. on you. I'm sure I irritate you sometimes. Well, that's what I like is there's a little bit of, I can say, you can say something and I can be like, not really. And <laughs> right. You, right? You, you know, it never gets to the level of I'm offended and we're storming out of the room. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And you guys have that. Did you know that you, the chemistry would be so good? I know you've worked together before, but prior to doing Binge Watch, did you know the chemistry would be as strong as it is? I didn't know it would be as strong as it is. Yeah. I knew we had a similar aesthetic in terms of yeah. appreciation of genre and character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. coming, we both come from a theater background. And story, so. yes. We were both, both trained actors. Um, I mean, really everything to a certain extent. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to go do, do a duo. I have no idea how long it's going to last or whatever. It's going to be great. The fact that we're now touring the country and that we, have, we are now known all over the place mm-hmm. and that people are writing these lovely things about us. That's all been a surprise because yeah. And it's, it's like, wow. Okay. This is, this is what I'm doing now. This is, this is the thing mm-hmm. of all the things that I've done. This is the one that people seem to love the most. So it was a surprise, not that it could happen, but that it did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're, it's always surprising when people go, yes, more of that, please. You never know. You never know. Yeah, because it's it's scary if you're a creator, you know, if you're a playwright or Absolutely. a uh, improv. You're like, I know I like it, <laughs> but is someone else going to like it? It's almost like fixing food. It's like, you know, are people going to eat all this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there's so many things that I've done, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have done as well. You put a lot of work, a lot of love into it, and maybe a handful or a dozen people say, like, I loved that. 
but then no one else comes and you feel like right mm-hmm. like almost nobody even saw this thing right that i spent all of this time on yeah and i know that some people really like it but for some reason i just can't seem to get traction yeah or you didn't find audience. the audience you yeah you can't the... find the audience yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but but you guys have um, well i'd be curious with the way as we we're coming it's funny i've been like all of us struggling for the last couple of months to oh, yeah. come up with language for where we're at. Because I'm not post-pandemic. Not, I'm not claiming that at all. No. Um, <laughs> but um, past the lockdown, as people are deciding how they're going to come out, how they're going to congregate, I wonder if this is going to be a, a particular thing that catches people's attention. Maybe this sounds safe enough. Interesting. Yeah, well, I think having that conversation, like we don't know, we've never been here before, right? And we don't know, right? And nobody can advise you. No one can advise us. We're, in fact, I was talking with Stuart Bussell about Mm. the the state of the theater community, and and one of the things that struck me that he said was, we don't even know who's still here quite yet, right? And so they're talking about he's speaking with the gentleman at. Theater Bay Area about doing kind of a town hall. Oh, TBA, yeah. And just kind of getting us all in the room and like, mm-hmm. okay, who's still here? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Right. And it brings us to uh, the exit because, you know, the exit, Ugh. it's... Yeah. Uh, who, I who had knows, this conversation who, who, in who, the hallway. Yeah, the who knows if it'll resurrect itself. Like, I hear that the Douglas Morrison is sort of resurrecting itself. and But uh, that's because they've got city, county yeah, money. Yeah, they've got that money, right. which... The exit, a lot of companies don't. (laughs) And the exit will get, I'm sure they'll get some city support, but the way the exit was floating its nut was on all those different organizations and folks that were coming through. I heard the landlord was looking for like, I think, $35,000 a month or something I think that that. space is gone. I think the space space is gone. I mean, my understanding, talking with folks there, they're also having issues with the neighboring hotels, which are also above, which are single unit resident hotels. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Of with patrons setting their units on fire or oh, sure. flooding, yeah. and so they get a lot of flooding pouring down into the theater. So welcome, there's just a lot the of yeah. mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of difficulty with the building right. above yeah. and beyond the yep. issue of people not producing shows in the space because the audiences aren't coming to the space. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's a double it's a double whammy. Yep. It's super expensive to stay in the space, and audiences are unless they feel like it's a sure thing. Yeah. Like, oh, a person I know from TV or movies, I've probably seen about almost a dozen plays in the last eight months, and almost all of them have been a, f- a small fraction of the usual attendance that I've seen at theaters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The largest I saw was last night I saw Lear over at Cal Shakes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that was only about, I'd say, 70% full. Okay. How oh, interesting. And even then, it's a lot, but it's also outdoors where folks yeah. feel more comfortable. Right. I think Michael Ashbury is doing Michael yeah. Ashbury is. Ashbury, there, yes. Yeah, he's in that. But, you know, the, the exit, I always got a feeling. I remember my first time being in there. I remember doing a Fringe Festival way back in 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it, it just felt like CBGBs if you were in New York. Yeah. Or it felt like um, the Darkroom Theater, you know, which, Ugh, which has, is no longer around. Where it's not, you know, it's like folks who... Um, it's, I don't want to say trashy or whatever, but, you know, you can wear your blue jeans or, you know, it can be mm-hmm. just comfortable. It's like the whiskey a go-go of theater. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's like punk rock. Yes. Of theater. Mm-hmm. Which I love. <laughs> 
And so I totally get what you're saying, Dan. He was like, oh, well, I'm going to the theater. Oh, wait a minute, it's the Tinderloin. I don't know if I want to go there. But you, there was a there was a niche audience yeah. that would love to go to the exit. Sure. Remember how it. full the Fringe used to be? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Spilling out the hallways full. Yeah. Spilling out under the streets Glorious full. chaos. Glorious yeah. chaos. Not just the exit on Eddie, but Taylor. And mm-hmm. they took over what was original Joe's that's now Piano Fight. Piano Fight, yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's you know, if I'm, if I'm going on a tangent, but... Not like you know, movie theaters are, are closed down. Independent movie theaters have closed right. down. Yeah. Like uh, oh, yeah. the Embarcadero in San Francisco and oh, the California. Are they gone? And, I didn't know they were gone. Yeah, Regal oh. has filed for Chapter Eleven, but these are these are not like uh, the movie theaters that put up the Disney you know sure. right. blockbusters. Right. These are like just independent stuff. But even the ones that do, I went with a friend um, to go see a movie this week down in San Jose. We went and saw See How They Run, which is cute. There were four people in this massive theater. Yeah. Uh, Me, my friend, and two folks a row in front of us in the yeah. center. And that was, and this was at a 7.50 show. Sure. Wow. Yeah. And the thing is, these are independent. I mean, whether you talk about independent movies or, or independent, independent theater. The, the, you know, like the French Festival, basically just young, budding writers just writing sure. things. Yeah. Like and my good friend Scott right. Munson would do this Twilight Zone thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was really, really cool. But I don't know... If people aren't coming to see new stuff by new works, it may be crap, but you know, it's it's there's still a, a cool energy. Mm-hmm. I remember another Fringe Festival we did, um, Texas Chainsaw Musical, which is really <laughs> fun <laughs> mm-hmm. comic adaptation of you know the slasher thing, and it was yeah, fun and course. it was cool, and we enjoyed mm-hmm. doing it. But that was the energy that you had, and I guess I don't know if it just has any value anymore. It's a well, shame. I think the audiences are starting to come back, but for more traditional theater. And we'll see when that, you know, hopefully that next wave comes. But that's partly what I was talking about with what you guys are doing is unique enough that hopefully people kind of go, well, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but maybe I'm ready for this new thing. I'm I'm wondering when that wave is going to come, because I don't know that it will come this fall, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, last year was, this last season was cancellation, cancellation. If it wasn't COVID, it was, you know, all kinds of concerns. If it wasn't COVID with the performers, it was COVID with the, you know, the organization. Sure. It was exactly. all kinds. Of, there Not was having um, a protocol or, you know. Yeah. All and sorts of things. so, uh, you know, all kinds of discussions happening about where, whether or not they were ready. I think folks kind of feel like they know what they gonna, they're going to do to try and move forward again. But now it's getting that audience yeah. back. Because, yeah, I've done a bunch of shows in the last year. And there's so many times where you stare out and you're like, okay, this would normally be like a a quiet night, a Thursday night, a matinee audience, and this is our good night. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. And you guys have done well surviving COVID-19. You guys have been still getting gigs and things like that. We're very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> We're very blessed in that regard. The thing that we noticed um, going back out to festivals is the more um, suburban or suburb adjacent, you know, mm-hmm. um, people are coming out for that. Like when we were in Denver, mm-hmm. the festival house was full. It was, wow. it, it was packed on <coughs> on most of the most of the, shows. Most of the shows. I couldn't get into a few of the shows because they were they were so packed. Right, because mm-hmm. as a performer, if there's space, you could get into the show. Yeah, and it was full. We were in Utah, and it was a slightly smaller audience, but that we attributed to it's beautiful outside. Yeah, and the festival's usually in 
winter. In January. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing also as far as like the audience is, you know, we've been doing shows at Leela and a lot of props for Leela who have hosted us many, many times. And part of it is being part of a consistent product. Um, that and people. Sorry, what is Leela? Leela is a. Go ahead. So Leela is uh, one of the theater companies in San Francisco that teaches and um, presents long form improvisational oh, theater. No, so I it's Leela and it yeah. uh, was created by this lovely couple. Where, where's it located? Does it have a space? So it's our training been, it's center. It's been the exit, but yeah. Our training, oh, center, our training center is in the Chronicle Building. Okay. In the basement of the Chronicle Building. Mm-hmm. It was created by Jill Eichmann and her husband, Christopher Eichmann. So they're okay. literally a mom and pop. Uh-huh. And they propose, uh, purport this. Um, Support the idea of truthful artistic play. We yeah. gotta get them on. They're lovely people. Yeah, mm. yeah. They're lovely people. I had a quick question. In mentioning the audiences, uh, we had Alan uh, Manalo on, who is a great Philippine comedic actor who mm. helped, uh, was one of the co-founders of uh, Bindlestiff Studios. Yes. And he mentioned, like, he would, t- he would have a sort of, a, he did stand-up comedy, and uh, let's say in one Philippine community, which is Americanized, comedy worked <laughs> you know it's blue humor and you know so it's great and then he goes to another community which is more catholic based or you know it's it's more philippine traditional and it just fell flat when you go to different regions are you aware that some jokes may work or some may not or some things may work so we also play in a trio called mm-hmm past our primetime players because we're all now Dan crossed the Rubicon and he's in his 50s but um, (laughs) we thought we'd have fun with the idea that we're not you know 20 somethings so we have this troupe called past our primetime players and we come out as in no way are we making fun of of being older we're we're not pro-ageism but anyway so we come out as our iterations of ourselves what we perceive will be in the future Mm -hmm. and then we ask the audience you know what's Two things. We ask them, what is... Um, the best thing about getting older and, and the worst thing about, about folks younger than you. And we like mm. to get that answer from people in their 20s or 30s. Yeah, if mm. possible. So anyway, we were mm. invited to play at the second best comedy fest in Richmond at the Coalition Theater. Richmond, Great Virginia. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Richmond, big Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> yes, big difference. Uh, thank you for the clarification. No, no, I know the difference. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and Dan did a joke... Um, very like white male se- deprecating humor. Right? Yeah, very sure. very much taking the piss out of my own demographic. And that mm-hmm. did not land as well as it does here. Yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and that I was know good old Virginia. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, like, what binge watch though works because we're asking them what their favorite shows are, and so we generally find that no matter where we are, mm-hmm. because we're doing their favorite shows. Right works regardless mm-hmm. i didn't know like when we hit the east coast how it would land and we were very interested to do that yeah and just to see how it played mm-hmm. um but so far it's universal and that's that's exciting that and that's the exciting, thing too yeah. and kind of going back to the audience question is you know finding your audience well we we have found a lot of our audience at festivals yeah which is literally going to where people are going. People are going to see improv, sure. And they already know they like improv. They already know they want to go see these things. So we find this incredibly embracing audience, who is already ready 
for mm-hmm. what we have, as yeah. opposed to trying to pass out <clears throat> postcards and hope that we find somebody who wants what we want to give them. Sure. Right. This is a play about something that I think is important. Hopefully you like it. Right. And suppose binge watch, hey, you create the show. Mm-hmm. It's all about what you love and why you love it. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah that works. It's, it's a winning combination. I'm always curious, business-wise, I mean, it, does it, well, does it pay well? <laughs> it can okay. um, sometimes, and yeah. sometimes we're paying to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what had happened when we, well, in 2020, the beginning of 2020, we had a lot of breakthroughs. So we oh. got invited to Sketchfest for the first time. Nice. Mm-hmm. We got um, invited to a festival without submitting. Mm-hmm. We were being invited to teach. So... We were starting to make that breakthrough when mm-hmm. the pandemic happened. We were scheduled right. to attend wow. five festivals, and they all that all shut down. So we're in a rebuilding phase right now. Yeah. Um, but as teachers, you know, we'll be teaching in Orlando. I just came back from teaching at the Vintage Improv Festival Retreat, which was an amazing experience. That's a festival out of Boston, and I've been working with them over the pandemic online. So mm-hmm. I just met these improvisers mm-hmm. that, and it's vintage because it's for folks who are over the age of 50. Oh, nice. um, I love this term vintage versus you mm-hmm. know, right. anything else. Um, so it was this really special 40 participants, six teachers, five days at this retreat in the Essex woods outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm meeting people that I've been teaching or directing online for two years I'm meeting them for the first time right wow and Dan and I did a a workshop with them way back at the beginning of the pandemic where we brought 35 improvisers online worked with them for two hours aggregated them into different troops Mm -hmm. and so it was just this troop generator Mm. and I'm still directing one of those troops today wow wow very very nice I was gonna ask does traveling and doing this, does it disrupt your, I guess, daily life? I mean, uh, not, not, do either of, you, either of you have kids? You, I, you don't have kids. No, right? no yeah. I have dogs. I have cats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, because uh, I know you have a day job. I mean, like, yeah. can you just tell your boss, hey, listen, I'm going, I'm doing the sketch fest in L.A. So. Well, I, I can because I've been there for almost 23 years now. Um, and I have a ton of PTO. There you go. So... Yeah, um, and also if I need to, you know, we go to a festival or whatever, and I'm not usually doing things during the work day. So if I have to work from the hotel for three or four hours on That's a particular right. day, I'll just go ahead and knock out whatever has to get done that yeah. day. Right. Um, but I've built a great deal of social equity at my job, so it's not really an issue for me. Okay. Yay. And they know they know this is your thing. Oh, they know. Yeah. They absolutely know this is my thing. Um, again, I've been there for 23 years. For a while, when I was acting in scripted theater, um, you know, my appearance would change every three months. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. There are times I've had to, you know, have like a, just a little mustache, or I've had to dye my hair. Right. <laughs> I had to do that this year. Uh, how about you? Has it disrupted your day life when you? Well, have to? it's hard being away from my partner a lot, so yeah. that's challenging. Yeah. Um, but besides that, no, because I do so much work. I mean, I'm a freelancer, mm-hmm. so um, fortunately I work a lot of places, but I'm careful to not take too many things that happen on weekends. Right. And um, if I do need to be away, I can, like Dan, like I do a lot of communication work with physicians online, mm-hmm. so I will just say, okay, for the next five hours I'm going to be online um, helping doctors communicate with more empathy. Yeah, there you go. No, oh, that nice. is awesome. 
Uh, we've hit work. the one hour mark, so I want to be uh, as respectful of people's time. Where are you guys seeing Sketchfest and just the both of you in the future? Do you want to continue to do this or do you want to venture on to do other things? Um, I want to keep doing this. I mean, I love this so much. I do get the ache to occasionally go back and do scripted theater. Yeah, but it, it is such a huge time commitment. And right. because we often don't know if we're doing a festival till two months before it, yeah. it's right. kind of a challenge to do scheduling for that. Mm -hmm. But I love doing binge watch. Um, so I will do it for as long as audiences will let me keep doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I, I've, started doing like a comedy sketch series on TikTok and I'll I'm still doing things so I'm still writing and I'm still creating kind of like things just for me mm -hmm. and it's so much cheaper to do it that way than to mm -hmm. rent a theater and pay thirteen, fifteen thousand dollars and open an audience shows up. Right. So I'm finding other ways to exercise the other parts of my creativity mm -hmm. um in 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 other ways. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still feeding my those parts of myself, but I am wholly committed to binge watch for the foreseeable future. And you're getting clicks. Are you getting clicks? Not really. Yeah. Well, not yet. Well, not yet. I mean, it's the, the frustrating thing is like with TikTok is like you have your likes and you have your views. And the views are determined entirely by the algorithm. Yeah. Because a view could literally be like literally one second before they swipe, but at least that got to their feed. Exactly. You got to get to the top of the feed. Yeah. And I'm seeing that if I talk about politics or about gender identity or about anything like that, I'll get several hundred views. Mm -hmm. I put out one of the sketch videos, it gets double digits. Right. Like the algorithm just isn't even showing it to anybody. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a shame. Yeah. So, but I'm like, you know what? I did this for me. I did this right. so I would have the joy of creating something, finishing it, putting it out there, and if people find it and they like it, great. If not, it made me happy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And again, as somebody who has self-produced plays that I've written and directed, mm -hmm. and you know, you put all this investment and all this work in, and maybe 200 people saw it over the course of the run. Right. TikTok's fine. It's much cheaper. <laughs> How about you? Diana? I will do binge watch as long as Dan will do binge watch. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. It wouldn't exist if it weren't, you know, for it's, it's us. us. Yeah. So I'll do that forever as long as, uh, as audiences, Dan and the good Lord allow me to do so. <laughs> and then, um, I, you know, like Dan, I often get that Jones to go back and do scripted theater. However, it does take a tremendous amount of time. I do have a wonderful collaboration with um, Bay Area actress and playwright Susan Jackson. Mm -hmm. And so we have a small theater company called the Southern Railroad Theater Company because we both come from Southern roots. Right. Our families, um, although I was born in Arizona, my folks are from Texas and Oklahoma, and she's North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And so um, working with her, I've actually co-authored a couple of things. And so we'll occasionally put things in festivals or... Mm -hmm. During you know the last two plus years, we was strictly online, but we'll occasionally go out and we've taken shows to D.C. and to New York um, for festivals, and and we'll still do that. Mm -hmm. Awesome! That is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Alrighty. No, I'm, I'm. I have to say, I, I remember when moving here in the late '80s <clears throat> or mid '80s, but watching in the late '80s this um, just sort of trend, I guess, of uh, stand up yeah. and solo work. Uh, in fact, that's how I first found the exit, was going to some, see some solo work. And it happened. And that's why whenever the subject of the exit comes up and everybody is like, oh, the exit's gone. And I'm like, well, the exit did what it did. And it was pretty amazing. And it's amazing that it lasted as long as it did. And if there's a way for it to, a new iteration of it to happen, it'll happen. 
Otherwise, there will be other things. They will happen. But I'm just curious to see if we hit this as we come out of the lockdown, if we see audiences start to have that curiosity again, that kind of curiosity for something different. And, you know, and then the other thing I'd, I'd like to, to say, just hearing all this that excites me is part of what we do with the podcast is to just kind of check in with you or just one element of what's going on in Bay Area theater. Absolutely. Um, and all of those elements are what make Bay Area theater. So everybody kind of goes, well, I'm not really, oh, I don't really do anything. Oh, I'm not really a part of it. Yes, you are. And to me, it's exciting to go, well, so here's another piece of it that you may not be interested in being a part of, but you might want to see or vice versa. Yeah. Um, or it may just make you go, well, you know what I really want to do is this. And I love that. So that when you go back to the scripted work, I don't think audiences always are aware, unless there's a great bio that, oh, you do this other thing that might be really more interesting to you than the play that you're sitting down to see right now. Yeah, that's true. No, you, it sounds like you guys are doing something that has tailored to your strengths, but also mm -hmm. is filling... I, as soon as you described it, I was like, oh my God, audiences must love the hell out of this because you start from a, what do you like? What do you like about it? And so even if you have no other information, you know, okay, that's what we're going to take that thread. Bam. We're and we're going to give magic. you what you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to piggyback on what you were saying, Norman, there are a lot of actors who find themselves in a rut. They're like, damn it, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this thing and I rehearse for two and a half you know, months or a month or whatever. And mm -hmm. we were talking the last couple of podcasts about theater companies that just don't pay a lot to right. actors. You're paying more pay to, to do this thing that you mm -hmm. may not even like doing and you spent three and a half months doing the run of the show or whatever. But you guys have found something within yourselves. You're like, you know what? I'm going to create my own path. This is not a path that, you know, this is something that they don't teach you in school. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, this is what you need to do. So it's good to find find your own path. And so I think yeah. it's an inspiration. You know, someone's some going to listen to this and say, hey, maybe I could do that. Yep. And you can. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, birthdays? Birthdays. I had some other questions, but no we're glasses. running really, really late. Like, just the mindset. Like... I don't have a, uh, I, I did one improv thing, and I think I just totally bombed. There was a woman named, um, oh, shucks, Sean Landry. I don't know if you know Oh, Sean. yeah. Oh, yes. Very well. Yeah, yeah. She's in L.A. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking she just at started the Ledge Theater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Summer Shorts Crossed Wires, uh, that pink poster. I, yes. uh, she wrote some things. It's behind you, Norman. Mm -hmm. Directly behind you. But oh, my case, God. Listen. Directed by Mike Ward. The yeah, late Mike, Mike Ward. Ward. Yeah. yeah, we talked I about I loved him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he directed me in a piece. I know we're short on time, but I have to shout out. Yeah. He directed me in a piece called... By, by the way, I mean, I, you're not short for me. I mean, I'm yeah, thinking, yeah. thinking about you, two of you. You are so gracious. <laughs> he directed me in a play called Blessing Her Heart, uh, written by Susan Jackson. It's oh. she, was, she had been mm -hmm. my director years ago at City College when I first came here. Mm -hmm. And um, that reconnected Susan and I. But he said to me a phrase that I carry and share with others, and that is, you are infinitely fascinating. Wow. And I cherish that because I had to sit in a moment mm -hmm. in silence in a scripted play, and I had to um, remember my father. And I'm like, won't this be dull for the audience? <laughs> mm -hmm. And he said, not yeah. if you're in it, because yes, if you're yes. committed, you are infinitely fascinating. Yes. Yay. And so I tell all my students... You're infinitely fascinating because wow. there's no one like you. Right. Yes. No one has lived the confluence of events that brought you here today. Mm -hmm. 
there's only you and only that one voice, so use it. Yeah. So I had to share that because yeah, my, my board. board. And that was at the exit. Matter of fact, yep. you can even see it in bold right there. Yeah. Exit main stage. You know, and Sa- Sean, yeah, she's starting the Ledge Theater. Yeah, LA. yeah, that's right. Now, Sean Landry's fantastic. Um, just for um, a little yeah. story about Mike Ward. Uh, you know, Mike Ward, in his last days, he was in a lot of pain. Yes. But he still trudged on. Yes, And he did. still directed and may have been a little bit cantankerous. But <laughs> I, I didn't know him. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, he, I found him to be, you know, a very interesting person. I didn't yes. find him to rub me the wrong way. But I think a lot of that cantankerousness at the very end was just his handling. Doing wow. theater, you know, what can be a better way of going, leaving, mm-hmm. than doing what, doing you, what love. you love at the very, very last minute? Well, yeah. the very first play I ever did was, you know, back in high school. And our drama teacher had decided he was done doing high school plays. He wouldn't do them anymore. And they brought somebody in. And he had been doing directing theater in the Bay Area for decades and he was dying of cancer. Mm. And so he brought in two assistants, and this was his farewell thing. He wanted to mm-hmm. do this one last play for yeah. these high school students, mm-hmm. not even totally sure he would actually make it to the actual performance. Wow. Damn. Um, yeah, and he did. But it was, yeah, it's like, you know you're on your way out. Well, I want to, I want to do theater. Yeah. I want to do theater. Okay, yeah, what play? Mike. I, now i got to know. <laughs> uh, it, it was Pfeiffer's People, the collection, oh, of, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the collection of shorts from Jules yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah, you were telling us that, that was your first uh, role. Yeah, my first yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Right on. I love that you had an experience of working with someone like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was lovely. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, my, I worked with Mike in his, I would say, in the last year and a half of his life yeah and he was a very strong personality yes absolutely. he was and a very tall guy tall i mean very a bear tall. of a man he was a bear <laughs> of a man and i'll honestly say he made me a better actor yeah that, that's oh, that's yeah. awesome all righty birthdays yes oh. erica richardson wonderful um african-american singer actor and I'm, I'm never sure if she's here she keeps bouncing trying to get to new york trying to go to other cities she's wonderfully talented so I hope she finds her niche. Uh, Julie Waldman, somebody I went to high school with, um, who lives in New York. I believe last time I heard she lives in New York. Uh, Eric Reed. Uh, yeah. I will always love Eric because I was Eric was directing a reading. I was playing the lead in this reading, and he said, "I'm in this show, and God, you'd have been so good as my father in this show." And I'm like, "Well, I audition." And the guy walked up to me and was like, brother, I hope we get to work together someday. And I thought, in that second, I was like, oh, I just didn't get the role. Fine. And I walk out and there's this big black man, like Fred Sanford with dreads. And that's who he hired. Uh Well, this guy couldn't stop himself. Everything was a joke. Like it was the opposite of what this character should be. And so they eventually fired him and hired me because Eric (laughs) Reed kept sitting in rehearsal, seeing the director's frustration and going, well, you should have hired Norman. There you go. That's need friends Eric like that. Eric's, I love Eric's great. I love Eric. Uh, Kathleen Ridley's birthday is coming up this week. Uh, fantastic Bay Area actress. Uh, Carrie Paff, also fantastic oh, yeah. Bay Area actress. Who um, I got to know Carrie as she was doing stuff at the Magic, and then the next thing you know, she was ACT, and then these shows that were traveling east. And I'm always thrilled to know she's still doing stuff. Uh, Taya Tuggle is somebody I know from Each One Reach One, the program that goes into juvie and teaches playwriting. Um, Brenda Lamberty, I met as a theater person in Teatro. In some, there, was a, there was an era of a bunch of little 
Latin theater companies in the Bay Area, and she was part of that scene and then went on to L.A. to do comedy. <laughs> uh, Jenny Reed, amazing director, a uh, wonderful director who I thought was farther away, but every now and then something happens and Jenny is like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go see that, or oh, I'll be there. And I'm like, I thought you moved out of state. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Carrick, a fantastic oh, actor I got to meet love at Kevin. Uh, Shotgun. Yeah. Um, we did uh, Man and Superman, George Bernard Shaw. And then I last time I saw him, he was in a two-hander with Clive Worsley. I can't remember the name of it, but it's set in like a little, like an Irish town or Scottish town. No, it's Irish. Um, and there's a film crew that has come to town. And so they end up playing all the characters. Stones in my pockets? Yeah. 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 Um, Kevin Lassett, uh, one of the few big film roles I've ever done. Um, he played the sidekick to the main character. <laughs> I played a man who was dying of AIDS, and this other young man needed to learn a lesson. It was a coming of... They changed the title to Coming of Age <laughs> after we made the thing. And one of the best lessons I've ever gotten in film acting. After the first day, the director pulled me inside and said, I can tell you're a stage actor because I see the whole script going through your eyes. You need to stop. <laughs> Whatever mm. we're shooting right now, I need you to do that. And if you don't know the next scene, don't worry about it. We'll get somebody to sit with you. We'll run lines, whatever. But I just need you to be in that moment. It worked so well that the final cut of the script, there were all these things that were supposed to focus on the main character and his journey, but he hired a model. He, he hired a print model. So the guy was good at posing, but not so good at emoting. Yeah. So instead, these scenes where we're in these scenes where we're supposed to see how things are landing with him, we're watching me. He's talking, and we're watching my reaction. Then mm -hmm. the camera's on me while I'm talking. It was weird. Anyway, Kevin, acting without speaking. Kevin yeah. Lassett was the other guy, um, his buddy, who kept popping in and out. And he was just so, I don't know, he just had a brilliant vision for where he wanted to go and what he wanted to do with his career. So um, that was also a lesson. Uh, a couple more. John Tracy. Yeah. John Tracy. Uh, yeah. Yes. If, if you know John Tracy, you probably love John Tracy. He can also drive you a little crazy because yeah. he is... Formerly of Theater First, right? Um, formerly of Theater First, uh, I think... Uh, He's directing was something it? now. It, oh, yeah. He um, directed the show That's That that Thing. Mm -hmm. um, what's the one? We were making jokes about it last week. It's only, that's it's only a play. Oh, the play that goes wrong. The play that goes wrong that apparently went wrong. I've got to get the story, but it may have been canceled. Ooh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, well, but anyway, John Tracy directed yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Um, Ruben Gahava, amazing playwright, yeah. wonderful young playwright yes. here in the Bay Area, who I just got to see because Playground just did a gala, and I was sitting next to him, and people kept yeah. asking him what he's up to. And, and he's he has like, a new family. I got a, I got a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm up to. Um, uh, Glenn Wickman, who, as far as I know, never did. He might have done one show in high school, but ten, nine years ago... I put out a thing, because this is my birthday season, mm -hmm. and one of the things we do is we do a Bay Bridge bike ride, uh, which will be October 1st, 10 a.m., Ikea parking lot this year. Um, we meet there, and then there's a beautiful trail that takes you to the bridge, and you go out to the island, and then you come back, and then oh. we go and we eat, and it's kind of cool. And I just kind of put that on Facebook, and this guy who I'd seen, when I saw him, he's a couple years younger than me, and he's a little squirrel was the way I thought of him, and now he's this <laughs> massive... <laughs> He's this very tall man with this weird presence, and he's like, well, I just figured I'd come out. We've now done it. This will be our 10th ride. So oh, wow. His birthday is coming up the end of the week. 
And uh, Lee, Lee Jenkins, who is a Bay Area playwright who has been around for a long time, and I still I think still does a reading series up in uh, Mill Valley mm. and around Marin. Um, or different iterations. In fact, I think she may have been one of the people who started um, helped get Bay Area Playwrights Foundation up and running. Oh, nice. Um, she's definitely of that era. So. Those are the birthday kids I have for this week. Happy birthday. <laughs> and I have Yay. a couple of birthdays. Uh, Linda Ayers Frederick, her birthday Yay. was on the like 23rd yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, wait a minute. 23rd is... Oh, no, today's the 24th. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Happy birthday, So Linda, Linda Ayers Frederick, when I think of uh, the Fringe Festival, of course, it's, it's usually at the exit, but every now and then it's at the Phoenix. Right. Yeah. And, of course, she runs the Phoenix. She's been running the Phoenix Probably for the last 30-some odd. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, she is acting in something. She mm-hmm. emailed me. And I told she, her we want oh, to get her back. No, um, God, uh, she sent us a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, there okay, are my glasses. While that's going on, go ahead. I'm gonna find that for shows. Um, <laughs> Sherry, Sherry Mitchell Aggers. I went to uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and uh, she was an alumni of Duke Ellington. So she is, I think, in L.A. Uh, doing the Hollywood thing. So um, happy birthday, Sherelle. Sherry, sorry. Justin Sadoian, he is of Ray of Light Theater. I think oh, he's running yes. Ray of Light Theater now. Okay, yeah. So that's cool. Happy birthday, Justin. His birthday will be uh, tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. Um, another uh, ex-Ellingtonite, uh, Yvette Evans. She just got married. Her, um, her maiden name is Yvette Rogers, a great actress. Uh, she graduated a year ahead of me. Colin Johnson, um, I believe it's the Colin Johnson. There are two Colin Johnsons who's in the Bay Area Theater. Uh, this one is a set builder and a, uh, a great tech guy. Nice. So his birthday is on the 28th, uh, which will be a couple of days from now. You mentioned John Tracy. Uh, also, Alyssa Yabut. She is, I met her when I was doing 110 in the Shade. She was a tech person. And she recruited me to be in uh, <clears throat> Godspell, where I met her future husband, um, 40, for, Fortunato Yabut, mm-hmm. who is a fantastic Philippine actor and singer. And uh, they are married. They have uh, two kids. They just bought a house, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, nice. So happy birthday, Alyssa. And, you know, God bless you and your family. Uh, James Centrofani, uh, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy C., uh, his birthday will be on the 29th. He is a guy who came from uh, New Jersey and has been acting here in the Bay Area, usually with Off-Broadway West, which is not around anymore. The last thing mm. I saw him in was Life, was it Lifetime Street? No, The Birthday Party. Ooh. It was in Birthday Party, which is a um, Pinter, I believe it's a Pinter play. Um, but in any case, uh, Jimmy's fantastic, and he's one of these uh, New York actors who's here in the Bay Area. So happy birthday, James. And... Uh, <clears throat> Madison Celeste Geringer, uh, she was a actress. She also teaches kids at Town Hall Theater. As a matter of fact, uh, Madison, you remember Madison? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Madison, she was, I, I get, we were in Civil War Christmas. The very next time I was on Town Hall Theater, uh, we did Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. And she Saw was that. that, yes. <laughs> that was a fun show. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a fun show. I enjoyed uh, doing that. So those are the birthdays that I have. Okay, I found shows. Linda's thing. Oh, oh yes. Lots of shows. So at the Phoenix um, on October 10th, she'll be reading some of her work with four other fabulous writers um, from Charlie Verone's writing workshop. Oh, nice. Um, and that'll be on Zoom. Um, at the Phoenix... Up and running right now is the multi-ethnic theaters uh, production. Oh no, it's up and co- it's upcoming production of A Raisin in the Sun, which will open November fifth. Uh, Custom Made Theater opens 
at the Phoenix this Sunday with Zach and Zaya or Jesus in a Body Bag, a premiere. <clears throat> Previews tonight and, well, tonight, 8 o'clock. And then she says, in March, she'll be performing a one-woman show uh, with Three Girls Theater and the nice. New Works Festival. All right. And Three girls. Uh, the, Go ahead. Um, this is, these are people from last week's shout-outs. Uh, oh, Krista sure. Carson, who I went to high school with, who ran our theater department and retired this year, says she wants a shout-out to the Educational Theater Association. Hmm. These organizations oversee the International Thespian Society and support their chapters around the world, nice. as well as the theater educators, teaching artists, and theater advocates in our world. Nice. So there are a couple of shows that are going on. Pygmalion, the Orinda Starlight Village Players are doing that. That's been running, and it'll be running until October the 1st. Alicia Von Kugelgen, who yep. <laughs> we know yep, and love, we know. <laughs> is in that show, so we want to pump that. Uh, Written in Water, the last uh, day to see that will be tomorrow. That is a collection of short stories um, presented by Ferocious Lotus Evolution Series. Lisa Kong wrote a piece in that, and Alan Coyne, who's in everything, is yeah. in that. Lisa <laughs> and I uh, was with, with Matt Quinn. She was with me in Cafe in those oh. first several shows. So we did several shows together back, back wow, in the day. Wow, small world. Yeah, Isn't so. that a small world? Six, Six degrees, degrees of Matt, Matt Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So check out Written in Water. Remember, the last performance is tomorrow. Christmas in Oz, uh, the Coastal Repertory Theater is doing that. Uh, we mentioned that Danny Martin, uh, who I've been on stage with a couple of times, he's directing that, his director, directorial debut. That'll be December the 1st through the 18th, so that's a long ways away, but I'm sort of pumping that right now. Uh, the Women's Annex, Central Works, they are doing that uh, October the 15th through November the 13th. So there's time to check that out. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth Carter, Carter is exactly, directing, directing that. that. <clears throat> um, the last night to see compared to what is tonight. Tonight. So please check that out. Jake yeah, I'm not sure that. if I'll get in. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem hey, to have. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Fawn, Aquanata Summers Wong is in that, and a, a bunch of other uh, great actors. Um, Oh, shucks. The, uh, the guy that we interviewed. Um... Oh, uh, Tony Daniel? Tony Daniel, yes. I'm, oh, yes. my gosh. So the bar that we go to, which is right down the street, the bartender, I walk in, and she said, Tony, I wanted to slap him. She saw the show last <laughs> Sunday. When you do a black show and you're the white guy and the actor, you know. Yeah, the pro you, you know yeah that, that was me. I was, I was, every, I was every asshole. Yeah. Right, exactly. So uh, compared to what it ends tonight, and um, Lear, we've talked about that. Cal Shakes is doing that. That's mm -hmm. running until October the 2nd. Dominique Williams is co-directing that. Michael Asbury is in that show. Check mm -hmm. that out. We have a link for that. Uh, there's a workshop of a new musical, Songs for Larry. Um, it is about a Philippine um, activist, Larry Itlong. Oh, right, yes. And so uh, that'll Melvin be one, Badiola's, one uh, project. Exactly, his project. And that'll be one day only, October the 2nd. Uh, oh, damn. <laughs> should I push the play that goes wrong? Maybe I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, we may as well say it and yeah. you know, better there, for people to look and find yeah, out. Yeah, there's that a link. It's... We'll have the link here. So, you know, if it's going on, it's going on. It'll be a shame because John Tracy, we mentioned, is directing the show. Michael Barrett, Austin Cassidy, Jamal, Jamal uh, Brown love is love in Cassidy. the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Cassidy. Um, yeah. Gypsy, Hillbarn Theater, is uh, doing that. That'll be running until tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day. Mm -hmm. Melissa mm -hmm. Mambuis is uh, in that show. I believe Mara Sotelo is in that as well. Nice. Uh, Man of God, we've been pushing that. Shotgun Players has been getting lots of rave reviews. Mm -hmm. um, 
Sharon Shaw, Chuck Laxon, Lauren Garcia are in that show, as well as Joyce DeMonico, huh? Mm-hmm. And all of them have been on the Yay, and a lot of them are ex-Bindle Stiffers who are mm-hmm. uh, moving now, up in the world. Moving up in the world. So uh, check that out. September the 3rd through October the 2nd. Mm-hmm. Camelot uh, is playing until October the 9th. Jamie Strube is in that. The Contra Costa Civic Theater is, uh, is doing that. Uh, the Spelling Bee, that'll be November the 4th through the 20th. Stephen McLeod will be co-directing that, his co-directing debut. Um, and I'll pump three uh, podcasts. Barry Graves, The Black Man's Heart, check that out. Mallory Samara has Connect the Dots, a weekly news podcast. And Bindlestiff has the Fobcast, so check that out. And, of course, jerseys. We've got mm-hmm. black and white jerseys. It's $30, so hit me up if you want one. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Berkeley Rep, the ripple, the wave that carried me home is playing now through October 16th. I, I'm partly pumping this because Elizabeth Carter is the assistant director on it. Nice. Um, and apparently they forgot to put her name. Oh, that's in the, the playbill is all digital, but her name wasn't, it was buried in the back in like production staff and they've, they fixed that. So anyway, that's Dang. happening. And then the other one, I'm going to be in a reading with the word for word. Um, we're going to do a reading of the short story Home by George Saunders, yeah. um, which we're Beautiful. planning to take, take to, to Paris. Paris next spring. That'll be so. awesome. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't, guys didn't take you, uh, you, much of your time. Did you guys enjoy yourselves? We had a blast. Oh, I Absolutely. had a blast. I had a horrible time. I can't believe I came back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this, what this has been lovely. Thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> The two of you are simultaneously eloquent and elegant. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. We we totally enjoy that, and you know we we lo- we love the stories. We never know what the stories are, are going to be told, right? And so it's it's yeah. always great. And are we allowed to uh, announce what our uh, last please? shows course, the exit please. are going to oh, be? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Allowed, okay. Great. So. Um, if anyone out there in Florida is listening, we're going to be at the Orlando Improv Festival on the th- uh, shows on the 14th or 15th? Uh, um, October? Uh, this is going to be October. Is it uh, a weekend? It's, it's October 15th. We're doing a show in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're going to be doing Binge Watch mm-hmm. at the Exit Theater, courtesy of Leela Improv, Thank on you, Friday, October 21st. Mm-hmm. That show starts at 8. And then the following week on Friday, um, we're going to be performing as the past our primetime players, also courtesy of Leela at the Exit Theater. With the fabulous Christopher Dion. Yes. So when is when is um, the Exit? December. Finishing. Oh, December. I believe there's going to be a closing party in the early yeah. early. Part so of December. people yeah. should come out because this is that last chance to experience. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Big time. I, I know. I definitely will. Okay. So you guys are doing it. It'll be in October. It'll be we, in we, are, we are doing our last binge watch show at the exit in October. In yeah. October. And then we'll be at Sketchfest in 2023. Got yes. it. Yay. Be sure to, uh, to um, send me a link or, or whatever so that yeah. I don't forget and we can push that. Yes, That's please. Wonderful. All righty. Well, thank you everyone so much who's listening to the Yay. Um, you're listening to it right now. So, you know, we are on Overcast. We're on Spotify. We're on the Purple Podcast app if you have an iPhone. And we're on SoundCloud. If you're an Android user, the mm-hmm. Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. We're at the Yay 3. That's our Twitter feed. And I'm at Red Space Clay. I'm at Who's Your Hoosier? Uh, <laughs> Diana and uh, Dan, uh, can people reach you directly? They can. Um, they can find us on Facebook under Binge Watch. They can find me at mm. dianalynnbrown.com. They can find Dan at sfstagewalker at gmail.com. 
Nice. I'm Diana Lynn Brown at gmail.com. <laughs> and they can always find us at benchwatchimprov.com. And on YouTube, just search for Benchwatch Improv and you'll find a bunch of our shows, including we did a little uh, duo kind of quasi-fake morning show as Amit and Natty. A couple of cousins just doing a morning just show. Talking just talking about, about laugh. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, you know there are things in life and you're like, is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it's, a thing. It's almost like they were doing a podcast, you know, just two folks enjoying each other's company all the time. We should have them on That's a we, Thing. I suppose we could. Would that be a thing to have folks on That's a Thing? I think it's a thing to have podcasters on your podcast. Well, as long as it's a thing, we can do it. You know, if it's fine it's with me. it's a thing. Lovely. Yes, folks, Ooh. by all means, check out the Binge Watch uh, YouTube and like and subscribe and, you know. That's and I'll be binge watching that. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> all righty. Uh, thank you so much. It's a wonderful Saturday afternoon. Let's all enjoy ourselves. And as Norman and I always say, we, we gotta, gotta find, find a better, better sign off. And we are out.